Hey, what's going on? You're listening to a bonus episode of the Super Mercado Brothers video game music podcast. I am Carl Brueggemann, and I am joined by my partner in crime. It's not Will today. Uh, who are you, mysterious partner in crime? Um, I am the Poochie of the Super Mercado Bros. This is Carlos. <laughs> Remember, kids, always recycle to the extreme. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is really exciting. Um, Carl and I, uh, we've been working on this album at varying degrees for the last couple months. Three and a half months. I, I started the music on March 11th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had like all these ideas in my head and, uh, we've been spitballing back and forth. And then when I kind of put the pen to paper (laughs) virtually, um, it was a little later, but uh, yeah, it's still been brewing this whole time. Well, it was also a great back and forth of inspiration, even if you didn't start the art until later, because you came up with a lot of the ideas that got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, we should we should officially say, guys, this is a bonus episode. We're discussing Downforce. It's our new project, our new album that just came out. When you guys are listening to this, it's probably either the Sunday evening or the Monday on uh, June 29th. It came out this past week. At time of recording, we haven't had the official release party or launch yet, but we know it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, Downforce. Carlos, why don't you give the elevator pitch to this? Because this was actually your idea. <laughs> I could, Yeah, I could go into a little bit about how I brought it to you, too, I guess. Um, yeah, they'll so, do it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a different world right now. We don't see each other in person, right? Yeah. <laughs> but before that, we were seeing each other as, as much as we could, right? Mm-hmm. So things like MAGFest or I would drive up to visit with you guys and I'd help you out with stuff here and there and kind of joke about it, a little back and forth, like, oh, you know, like I'm like... VGM Con yeah. was the most recent thing. So yeah. um, I had this idea that uh, I know you've always mentioned, hey, Carlos, you know, I was really thinking about you and I'm sure people in the podcast maybe have heard this too, like I was thinking about you when I made this song and I'm like yeah that's awesome so I said hey Carl you know how you do that all the time why don't you make me a whole album of that so was (laughs) that selfish (laughs) well I mean like you know I've I've, I did Robo Girl I I did Dr. you know Mm -hmm. we've I've been lucky enough to kind of become homies with you guys and yeah but you and me have never really collaborated on a solo album yet right and actually it was kind of like I talked to him, I was like, I'm kind of intimidated to like ask Carl to do something because it's like, <laughs> I know we vibe really well and I know mm-hmm. like, but I was like, ah, you guys are each your own person and you guys work in different ways. So I didn't really yeah, know it's true. how to approach people with this. And I don't want to expect that you guys are like, yeah, let's work with Carlos, but I'm really happy that this well, has yeah, become Creatively, a everybody works differently. Everybody has different rhythms. And I mean, there wasn't a guarantee that it was going to work. It worked, spoiler alert, it worked really well. It was yeah. a really fun time working with you, Carlos. It couldn't have been smoother Dude, and same. more inspiring, I think, in both directions. But yeah, you had no idea. I mean, one thing that may have surprised you is how at the end of uh, every day, I would just berate you for an hour straight. That was probably a little different than what you were used to. Will actually let me know that that was going to happen. <laughs> Well, I thought you were going to say, Will actually did two hours, so that was oh, actually yeah, yeah, right. not too bad. Um, but okay, so in my brain, thinking about, man, what what can I work on with Carl, and knowing how mm. we're both kind of this jazzy, funky, fusion-y kind of taste, I'm like, yeah. oh, dude, of course, let's do a racing game concept album, and 
It's Thankfully, a, it's such a like, natural idea. I yeah. mean, I've loved racing music for so long. I know that you have as well. And so mm-hmm. it was something that immediately we both had in common and really excited both of us. And so it was a really natural and fun idea. Uh, so the album is called Downforce. It is a concept album taking you to the imaginary world of a racing game. And so one of the first things we did when we started off with this project of what kind of music do we want? What direction do we want to go in? For me, early on, it was really clear that I wanted everything to be live, everything to be real instruments. I didn't want a bunch of sequence stuff. I didn't want, you know, chiptune stuff. I really wanted it to be to be real and to kind of explore and take advantage of performance and stuff. It was something that excited me and it gave me honestly something to do in this quarantine because mm. um, making these full productions with real drums and bass and guitar and keys and then getting some of my friends to to send me different tracks and record my wife on trumpet, like things like that. Um, they, they really pushed me and I learned a lot while making the album, but it was also something that I think really excited me. And I know when, when I sent you the first track finished, you were like, I didn't know that it was going to be this, like this intense as far as like a production wise, maybe. Yeah, totally. I was, I was floored. I was really surprised by it. Um, I believe it was Santa Ana Bay that you sent me first. Yep. And I was just it was actually shocking (laughs) i was like what and then i had this like realization of what this is could be and what it will be and then i following that i always get the fear like how am i gonna be able to live up to this music dude me too i had that same feeling i was so excited (laughs) by the first idea that i hadn't finished um but also scared that i would not be able to live up to it and i i don't know about you but i personally feel like both of us really rose to the challenge and Mm. i'm so proud i could not be more proud of this project yeah seriously uh um, and everybody will be seeing everything by now and and hearing it um but yeah, we put everything into this. And even though it's kind of like this fun thing, you know, there's a lot of creativity and it's it's energy. You know, you're, you're mm. spending this brain power to create these things and you want it to live up to what it what it what it exists as in your brain. And Absolutely. I really feel that we we were able to accomplish what we were imagining. And I'm really, really proud of that. I totally agree, man. Well, let's do this. Let's take a listen to the first track on the album. We're not going to talk too much today uh, in like a reactive way, uh, maybe about the music. We're going to talk about the project, set things up for sure, but kind of let it speak for itself. We are going to play full tracks, which is going to be different than a normal podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, let's do it. Let's play the full track. This is the opening track on the album. It's called The Theme of Downforce. Uh, It was one of the last ones actually uh, to be made. I think it was maybe the second to last track that I made. Um, and so I wanted it to convey everything that I loved about the project and, and kind of the sound that you might hear. So let's take a listen to the theme of Downforce.
you guys just listened to the opening track. That was the theme of Downforce. And yeah, like I said earlier, setting it up, I really wanted to wait until near the end of the project so that I knew what the sound of the project was and what are maybe some of the signature moves that I would do time and time again in the project and kind of do those uh, almost like you could imagine some sort of overture for the project. Um, So yeah, that was my intention with this. One of the cool things I just want to say, a cool little story about this. Um, You guys heard a really awesome sax solo. Uh, That was my good friend Aaron Hedenstrom. And originally he was really only contributed to two tracks later on in the project. It wasn't until working on this track I realized that this one vamp section was a very similar groove to this other track that he had contributed to. And I was like, well, if I change the key, I can use an alternate uh, solo take from that tune and then Aaron will be on three tracks and so that's basically what happened here so Aaron is on that sax solo my wife Joe is on trumpet here so cool. um, and yeah I think that's pretty much pretty much the story behind that any anything uh, context wise you have mm. on this opening theme Carlos okay so um, well, what I think I'll be talking about a lot as we go through this is knowing that we have this concept and we have this imaginary world and imaginary game that we're coming up with, Mm -hmm. um, what I was always struck with was the visual uh, imagery that I would come up with uh, while I'm listening to the track for the first time. So um, yeah, with this track, I really did picture something like an aerial shot of like this island kind of tropical view panning in heck yeah and um so i pictured too (laughs) yeah i i think that we were really in line with uh when when i would mention things we would be like oh of course like it was cool how we were vibing off of each other Mm -hmm. and um one of the other things i like is when there's kind of like um i almost thought of like instruments representing certain things to me in the album so like that's cool a guitar or like your synth lines um representing like cars racing themselves oh that's really cool yeah it's it's if you're listening for that and you kind of um want to visualize i think that it really leads you yeah it's a lot of fun so like i was getting that that where (laughs) it's like this yeah this kind of calm but excited energy as you're panning into this uh you know imaginary view and then when stuff gets more exciting in this track you're you're cutting in between cars racing against each other so you get to see different aspects of what you would come to know as the whole album i mean we're definitely on the same page as far as what it was making us think of there's a chorus that happens twice in this tune that's kind of reminiscent of a chorus we're going to hear a little bit later it was Mm -hmm. honestly it was I, i approached almost like the sequel to that other chorus um it's satin city i'll just say it um and one of the cool things i thought of when that chorus would come up and this actually will happen uh (laughs) at time of recording it hasn't happened yet but if you guys have seen it in the youtube video of our listening party of our full album playthrough when that chorus comes up for the first time you see this kind of down force the logo is zoomed in and kind of panning across and so i imagine some sort of title screen demo where when it gets to that part it's like you see the title of the game and like most likely you'd press start at that time (laughs) yeah right (laughs) well let's move on we're going to move to the first actual race course um of the album this is santa Ana bay uh, that was a name that Carlos actually came up with. I had something else. I had something kind of close to that. 
yeah, and then you I, kind of polished it. Right. Um, this is a bit of me that I'm pulling into this. So there's a couple of things that are directly related to me and my family <laughs> visually yeah. and uh, uh, I guess theoretically. <laughs> but um, so the car that I used for this album, uh, the main like hero's car is a Trans Am 1979 Trans Am. It's based mm-hmm. on that with some fun stuff added to it. Which and, is a perfect um, choice, by the way. It's great, yeah, because it fits definitely thematically something you picture, like an OutRun, the the Ferrari, yeah. the red Ferrari of Out, OutRun. But I thought it worked, but also this is like my dad's dream car that he's had for like a long time. Yeah. And right now the um, the car needs some work, so it's kind of sitting in my, my garage. So I use that as a symbol for this game. So Yeah, it's um, so perfect. Yeah, but okay, so um, my mother's name is Anna, and you were coming up with the kind of like a Latin-flavored name something mm-hmm. like you would picture in california right so exactly. i thought oh santa ana would work so here it's we perfect are. so this it's is like the first theme this is the hometown of the main character of this world ryan ryan silver and so he's a cali dude i imagine him kind of has a, a surfer vibe to him and this is uh where the grand prix starts his hometown let's take a listen to this santa ana bay Well, you guys just listened to Santa Ana Bay. That is where the Grand Prix starts. And shout out to um, my buddies, uh, our buddies, the Kelly brothers, Stephen and Brian <laughs> Kelly. Um, I did think about them a lot, actually. I don't know if I thought about them while I was making this, but definitely when I finished it and I listened to it, I was like, this sounds like a Sonic Adventure tune. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't necessarily intend that, <laughs> but there's definitely some Jun Senue vibes in here. And it's my hope that, that the Kellys enjoy this tune um, but yeah, it's, it's, I wanted to convey the sense of optimism and excitement that Ryan has at the start of this journey. And also something that goes well with this tropical, gorgeous California-esque, uh, beach town mm-hmm. that he's from. And so that was kind of what I, 
had in my head when I started this. I knew I wanted it really up-tempo and guitar uh, heavy, but I knew that since I wanted to do a lot of synth exploration in this album, I, it was important that, okay, for the B section of this first tune, let's set up a synth lead because I want that to be a signature sound of the album too. So that was kind of what I thought going into it. Oh, great. Yeah, and I totally, when I first heard it, I was like really surprised because like, you know, we were talking about racing, and when I hear this, obviously, I also would think about, like, Jensen, when like, kind of this Sonic adventure, Sonic yeah. later era Sonic thing, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not sure, like, what Carl's going for with this, but I'm, obviously, I was just like, I can't believe how polished this sounds, the production well, behind this whole album is so good, Carl, like, you should be Thanks really a lot. proud of that, and like, like we said before, this is all been done in quarantine so it's not like yep. you're running around to different places recording different things it's all done remote uh all of yeah and 90 95 of it was recorded in my little studio space here in basically our basement of our home that me and joe live in Great. in st paul minnesota and Super and cool. so yeah um definitely there are some some sonic racing games yeah. that have come out and so you could you could imagine this maybe in one of those but sure uh, yeah a little bit of a change of pace really honestly from the rest of the album and i knew that when I made it, uh, I'll, I'll say a couple things about some of the recording of this album. So most of the things you're going to hear um, are me. So whether it's drums, every single track has real drums, real bass, except I think there's one track that that doesn't have real bass. It has synth bass, uh, guitar, multiple different types of keyboard, whether it's organ or clav or Rhodes or synth or whatever. And then there's, uh, like I said, there's a few tracks my friend Aaron contributed sax. There's a few tracks that Joe contributed trumpet to. And then uh, the last track features someone else that we'll we'll get to. And then oh, my good friend Andrew contributed guitar solos to a few tunes. Oh, um, but yeah, all other than that, it was all recorded in my basement, and I spent a long time getting everything, getting the tones right, and kind of doing a lot of trial and error. And, and like I said, I did learn a lot. Uh, Inflector was helpful for me to kind of really hone a, a pretty good drum sound. But mm. I I will say that I'm really pleased with the drum sound I, I have for, for Downsforce. It's definitely better, and it's probably the best drum sound I've ever personally achieved DIY. So, so yes, let's keep going. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, track on the album. This is Justine Justine's Theme, and she is Ryan's girlfriend. And at the start of this game, um, or <laughs> at the start of this imaginary game, <laughs> after he wins Santa Ana Bay, uh, he 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 goes to her and he tells her that hey you know I'm gonna have to go on this long cross country Grand Prix and I'm gonna be gone for a while and she's kind of sad about that and so that's kind of the vibe of this of this song I wanted it to have some something in common with Santa Ana Bay and so there's a similar bright rock quality to it this one's more soft rock Mm -hmm. and a ballad but i did want it to to fit also his character and her character i'm just going to read a quick thing of what i wrote as a quick narrative for this um you guys might have seen this on the youtube video or on the Bandcamp track pages um ryan's girlfriend justine isn't thrilled about him leaving for this cross-country grand prix you better come back to me safe and sound ryan of course i will babe and with the golden cup so again, I kind of imagine Ryan is, especially after you finish the that sketch of him, I kind of see a little bit of like Keanu Reeves sure. vibe <laughs> to him. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> definitely some some Paul Walker in the Fast and the Furious movies as well. So yeah, let's, with that in mind, let's let's take a listen to Justine's theme.
You guys are listening to Justine's theme. And yeah, that was really all I thought about. Um, I wanted something that had a little bit of sadness, obviously a little bit of romance. This is a character who is kind of sad that, that Ryan's leaving her for a while. Uh, she may come back later on in this in this game, imaginary <laughs> game and album. Um, but that was pretty much it. Um, fun fact, this the drums that you're hearing, like the drum groove, was actually the very first thing ever recorded for the uh, for the album. What? The drums on this song were recorded before Santa Ana Bay. Um, but when I recorded the drums, I had no idea. It was just a test. Mm. It was it was the final test of my drum setup. And once I did this test, I realized that I had got the sound I wanted. And I did record this to a click just, just cause. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, that sounds really good. At some point, I can use that groove for a tune. And I ended up using it for... Uh, for this theme. Oh, great! So it it existed outside of this album before. before uh, no, you... it didn't. It, oh, it was okay. so I started the album. Um, I started writing Santa Ana. I mm. had the idea for that. I was doing tests of of drum recording to get a good tone. I wanted to you know test out this new setup with overheads and uh, mic placement and stuff. And so this was the last of those tests just before I was going to record the drums for Santa Ana. Nice. So I recorded this. Yeah. Very cool. A beautiful melody, too. Yeah, I, I really Thanks, enjoy dude. it. Yeah, it's great. Let's move on to the next race course uh, theme we hear. This is Crescent Canyon Highway. So I imagined this really long, maybe somewhat winding desert highway road that leads you to uh, this really exciting and maybe somewhat uh, daunting city, Satin City, that you've heard a lot about, something like a Las Vegas, kind of a fictional Las Vegas. And so on the way to that, there's this race on, along this highway. Uh, definitely went for a slight surf rock uh, vibe to this. Uh, I had a good time with it. Let's take a listen to Crescent Canyon Highway.
And there you go. Uh, so the end of that track, you guys heard that little Easter egg there uh, where it turns into the, the radio and then uh, shuts it off. <laughs> um, I thought about how would I want to set up the, the track Satin City? And I thought one of the coolest ways to do that was if uh, you felt like you were listening to this canyon, this Crescent Canyon Highway on the radio and all of a sudden you, you switch the dial and you turn over to the the, f- the fusion, the funk station and boom, Satin City's playing. So that was nice. kind of my idea with that. Yeah, and also some OutRun energy did that because in OutRun, whenever yeah. you would start your game, you would pick your radio station. That would be the track that you'd listen to while you play. Yeah, and that was something we talked about like, one of the early things we talked about, whether it was music or art, we were saying Outrun for both of us was a huge influence. Mm. And so it was something on my mind. I, I will say it's interesting if you listen to the music and actually kind of break it down. I don't think there's a lot of music on here that necessarily sounds reminiscent from Outrun from like a harmonic point of view. But I, I think from like an overall aesthetic and an energy level, I do think that was it was something I thought about a lot. And and that's something that you guys, I think you guys were talking a little bit about this on your most recent original showcase, how um, when you guys do these albums, you want to still, it's, it's a good balance between your own voice and an homage to the sounds that you're, Right, you you know you love and you want to you want to send up. So I think that uh, with this album too, I think more than anything else, you come through, Carl. It's not like oh, this oh, is great. a Ridge Racer track or oh, this is a Mario Kart kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, and this is another example of that. And when we get into this next track, Satin City, for sure, this is kind of like. Um, and yeah, the listener, if you're listening to the show, you've heard this track already. And yep. that was, this was one of the tracks we were like super excited for people to hear. And, oh, yeah. um, uh, it, it really is, um, kind of like the evolution of your sound, but we're filtering it through this concept album, which I, yeah, I love. absolutely. Well, I really appreciate that. I'm going to set up Satin City with the description I wrote for it. We've arrived at the shimmering bright lights of Satin City. Keep your eyes peeled as everything in the city moves fast. The race goes down at midnight. Renard may have a fancy new car, but you've got a few tricks up your sleeve.
Well, that was Satin City. Um, and if there was an official lead single from Downforce, that would be it. Um, I was was very, very charged up when I came up with the idea for this. The first thing I wrote was the groove damp, the vamp that the clav and the roads play. Oh, I like um, this, yeah. Well, the, how do you the put offbeat, this together? Yeah, the, the offbeat nature of it um, was inspired a little bit by Jake Hoffman. Uh, a lot of his grooves have so much offbeat interest that it really appealed to me and so so that uh-huh. was was something i was thinking about i will say overall the biggest piece of inspiration for this tune was definitely richard jakes okay and his work for metropolis street racer uh not to mention you know the radio idea you know that game features this cool radio where you can have these different genre stations and so he has these funk fusion tunes that that he recorded and they actually have real horns and it's a full production and so those tunes were incredibly influential to this uh sound i guess in in, mm. in, in a lot of ways this tune i did want it to have a dancey chorus that was something i thought about at the beginning i knew that this was going to be one that featured joe on trumpet and so this tune does feature joe on trumpet you you will hear saxophone in this and so you may you may assume this is um my my friend aaron on sax it's actually not this is the only tune that i used sax samples on what Little fun fact yeah and so the saxophone on this is 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 sampled Nice. Uh, from a few different sources, some of which are actually even coupled with my MO8 keyboard, which by itself would sound incredibly fake, but the way that I was able to to have them in the mix with Joe's real trumpet heavily featured, uh, the combination of all that wor- worked <laughs> quite, quite well. And so that's a little fun fact for you guys. Oh, great. That's awesome. Awesome. Let me let me talk about what I pictured when I heard this track. So um, it's actually like to me, it's the timeline of a race. Yeah. So the track starts, you got, you know, it building up. And mm-hmm. when you're listening, the moment that Joe's horns come in, yeah. that's the race starting. So, I love that. Yeah. And, and when you're listening to the track, when you hear Carl's keys, that's what I picture Ryan's car. <laughs> and then when you hear the guitar in this track, uh, that's Renard. So I love it's, that. It's it's yeah. And and listening to it, you 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 hear a neck and neck race, especially oh, towards so awesome, the dude. end when you have the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. That's Renard pulling up ahead, and ah. when your solo kicks in, that's you yeah. taking. Well, that's Ryan taking the lead. Right, and, and that's the why way he wins that at the end, yeah. Your track, like, yeah, where your solo kind of pitches up, yeah. that's you getting to, <laughs> through the finish line. That's so amazing. I wish I could sit back and be like, you know, like how authors sometimes do this when people read into the themes of their books. Like, yeah, that was all intentional. I, I thought <laughs> about that the whole time. I didn't think about any of that, but I love that that's where your brain went to. And I hope that you guys, if you ever go back and listen to this tune, you should think about that because I I think that's really cool yeah, uh, that, that fun, happened man. to work out that way. My friend Andrew is the one on the guitar solo on this tune and he really oh, slayed this one he killed it it's he so really awesome. did and you have to imagine him so he was borrowing my recording interface he his he couldn't get his headphones to work in the interface and so the way that he recorded his solos for this album were he had his phone and he had a backing track 
a pretty simplified backing track of whatever the tune was. He played it on his phone. He had his guitar plugged direct into an interface. Couldn't even hear his guitar very well. And just that's that's what it was. And just and just kind of laying it down and digging in. And it just worked <laughs> really well, as you guys can hear. Yeah, uh, so yeah, rules. that's Satin City. Um, one of the tracks I'm the most proud of. Let's move on now to Todd's Auto Shop. So this is the theme of your friend Todd in his shop. He's a mechanic. I imagine him is a little bit of a doofus. Um, he does know what he's doing, and he definitely has some crazy ideas, and he's not afraid to, uh, you know, to kind of break the rules. Uh, something, something like a mix between Doc Brown from Back to the Future and I'm trying to think of like more of like a, a dumb oaf, <laughs> a ditzy friend character. That's kind of what I thought about Todd. I knew that I wanted the theme to be a complete change of pace from the course themes. I wanted it to be a lot slower. So this is probably the funkiest tune on the album. It's very funky, um, featuring kind of the snarling synth lead. Let's take a listen to Todd's Auto Shop. That was the theme of Todd and his auto shop. Um, This was one of the things that Carlos did an amazing sketch for. You guys can see it on the YouTube video, or if you uh, get the album on Bandcamp, you can see uh, this on the PDF booklet. Uh, you can see Todd and him working on <laughs> on Ryan's car. So, what were some of the things that this conjured for you about the character of Todd? Um, yeah, it, it definitely along the lines of what you're saying. I wanted to be kind of like this kind of dopier 
sidekick, but you know you can rely on him at the same yep. time. And um, I think for our hero and uh, for you know his friendship with Todd, they're kind of more these down and out, kind of trying to do the best with what they got. And yeah. um, actually, since you mentioned Doc Brown, I I could see maybe a little bit of the DeLorean in like the kind of stuff that I added to the Trans Am. And I the think drawings. so. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that there. Maybe it was subconscious, but um, yeah, I, I definitely I, I really enjoy the image that I came up with kind of with his hat turned back and kind of these smudges <laughs> over his face because he's working so hard. But he's yeah cheery but kind of like uh what are you doing man so there was actually uh, before i uh came up with what i thought ryan would look like i had an i had an idea in the drawing because there's one image that's him in the hood of the car working on it and i was going to actually draw ryan in the background like what are you doing kind of like this (laughs) shocked expression but i wasn't i was like i I just want to focus on todd here and then we'll have ryan added later so um, yeah, it, I imagine that it's stressful for Ryan to to kind of see what Todd's doing to his car. First of mm-hmm. all, it's kind of an older car, but at the same time, he knows that he's got to do something because Renard um, is from this really futuristic city called Zenith, and so his car is basically like a half car, half like spaceship. It's just got yeah. a lot of technology under the hood, and so he needs some crazy nitro energy in order to to kind of rival. Renard. And so, uh, all right, let's move on to the next course theme we have. This is Breakneck Quarry. Uh, we had a couple ideas of this one. One of them was, oh, it'd be cool if it was an abandoned construction site. Uh, and so that is something that I think, you know, I was thinking about with this track and in my narrative, that's one of the things I mentioned. But really overall, just a quarry. I mean, what you would picture if you were racing through a quarry, a lot of dangerous twists and turns and rocks and and, and debris and things to avoid. And so a very dangerous track. This one was a change of pace. It was important for me on this album to have at least one track where I explored more of the electronic the breakbeat, the techno kind of uh, vibe of racing music. Yeah. That's a, a pretty strong tradition of mm-hmm. racing music, maybe even more than any other genre. And it's not something that was was necessarily in my wheelhouse when I started the project. And it was something that I had to kind of push myself outside of my comfort zone to, to get this. And so you will hear uh, starting actually with uh, more kind of breakbeat, electronic drums, and then eventually the real drums are coupled with that, uh, which which I had a good time with. Let's take a listen to Breakneck Quarry.
that was Breakneck Quarry. Um, and yeah, that is kind of an oddball on the album in a lot of ways. As you guys hopefully noticed, it it has a different sense of emotion than, than a lot of the other tracks do. It's a lot more wandering and uh, kind of consistently driving. Um, there's not as much sense of like specific cadences and like clear sections that are starting and ending. It's a little bit more continuous and loopy. Um, not, not in the sense of that there's a loop because there's really not really a true loop to the song at all. Um, but a lot of repetition, I guess I would say. For me, this I think was one of the most exciting tracks for me to hear from you. That's um, cool. Because, like, right at the outset, when we're talking about racing games, there's all these influences that I already love. And Ridge Racer series is definitely something that I really enjoy. And I I knew that it was something... It's something where it's like, all right, I'm doing my side of the project, you're doing your side, but I have all these ideas too. And then I don't want to be all like, Carl, you should do this, or Carl, you should maybe think about trying this out. But it was something that I had in my head that would be really great as an addition to the album. And I didn't actually like... I didn't like ask you to do anything like this. No, we but we just you, happened to have kind of the same idea. Yeah, when you came to me, I was like, "Yes, Carl gets it, man. Like he knows what's going on with this." Mm-hmm. And you told Gotta me have that this you were kind of representation. Tr- yeah, you told me you were going to try it out, and uh, I remember sending you some tracks, right? And I was like, trying to. Those dig were so up- helpful, dude. Yeah, yeah, trying to dig up stuff that would maybe lead you in the right direction. And then it wasn't really more than like a day or two after that <laughs> that you gave me this track. And I was like, damn, it's killing well, me, man, how good these are. So oh, the- thanks. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, my goal was to try to, A, make it still fit at home in what I've done with Downforce and not That's feel what too oddball. Say. But B, uh, to, to be enough of a... Send, not a send up, but some sort of uh, on honoring that tradition of racing music too. Sure, and, and like s- some, and like the first like part of this track, like leading you up to where the guitar line comes in. Like right. that's all like what I was hoping to hear. But then when the guitar line comes in, and you kind of hear this more downforce kind of really <laughs> yeah. exciting like turn in the song, it's just yeah so much fun and just really enjoyable i didn't really have like a specific image that i was thinking of when i was listening to the track but it definitely conveys a different area that we haven't been to yet that's awesome well i really appreciate that let's move on to one of the tracks that i was maybe the most overwhelmed slash excited slash driven to Mm. to make uh and it felt so good to have this done this is seaside skyline this tune features my friend Aaron on tenor sax, as well as my wife Joe on trumpet. It's a nice sax and trumpet feature. Um, eventually some solos. I, I actually trade off soloing from piano um, uh, in sax with my friend Aaron, so that was really fun to trade with him. Uh, and yeah, this is a, I guess I would call this a Latin jazz fusion tune. Some Mario Kart uh, influence for sure. Mario Kart 8 was something I thought about. In this track, I thought about composers like Soyo Oka. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about some of my, uh, in general, some of my favorite Latin and, and relaxing video game music. Yeah, I definitely get some passing breeze in here too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was another thing that I thought about. Let's take mm-hmm. a listen to Seaside Skyline.
Well, that's what it sounds like when you're driving along the beach and the sun is out <laughs> and you're feeling good and you kind of know that you have this race in the bag. <laughs> Seaside Skyline featuring amazing tenor sax playing by my, my good friend Aaron. I went to high school with Aaron and some of the first music that either of us ever uh, recorded and made, uh, we, we actually made together. And so we were in a band called Underdub for a while. Mm. Uh, and he's an amazing musician. And so I was so glad to get him on this album. So smooth. Really, really smooth. I uh, near the end of this track, uh, there's a bridge section that comes in, and and I I did think about you, Carlos, because I was like, well, <laughs> I do think I want some sort of Kenta Nagata synthy kind of fusiony slash chord moment in here, uh, and and so when I when I was coming up with that, I was like, okay, I th- I think Carl at the very least Carlos will approve of of this moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, and I'm I'm almost positive that. The first time I listened to it, the moment that that hit, I messaged you right away. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> You're like, oh, a synth moment, yeah. Yeah, it's so, so good. So yes, I'm really, really happy with how that turned out. Let's move on to the next thing you would hear in this experience. This is ranking. Uh, probably the most clear, specific homage to a particular piece of VGM, I would say. Definitely choice, some though. Mario Kart. Mario Kart 64 winning results influence in this. You'll hear it from... The idea of having a piano, having that low left-hand ostinato, that's that's something I, I, I messed around with. It's very much its own piece of music at the end of the day, though. But yes, Kenta Nagata was my biggest inspiration for this. Uh, let's take a listen to Ranking. one of the things that I loved about Kenta Nagata's music, not not just for while you're racing, but for when you're kind of waiting and kind of reading things, is uh, this mix of emotion. It's not overtly happy. It's not sad. It's something that I know it's it was winning results, and I know there is a losing results that he wrote for Mario Kart 64, but to me, that emotion would honestly work whether you're second place, third place, fourth place. It's and that, I think that's how it works. I don't think you hear the losing results until you're at least fifth place, I believe. I um, think it depends on where you are in like the the courses, okay. like the cup. But yeah. um, 
uh yeah totally i i definitely have memories of leaving this on longer than i probably needed to (laughs) in mario kart i mean and and that (laughs) and that was another thing too i wanted this to be an easter egg i wanted this to feel like okay this groove is is happening and you can tell that there's not necessarily anything particularly melodic uh like memorable melodic that's going to happen and so you know that it's just going to be a groove tune it's just going to be this vamp um but if you do stick around if you do happen to not press start you're going to be treated to an east to a couple of easter eggs one of which being this this synth solo and so yeah. that was kind of my idea with this the long form of it yeah is, is really fun and i i love that it follows seaside skyline where you're just kind of cruising and then yep. it's kind of like this kind of a more relaxed like you, you just kind of got this like chill point in the middle of the album before yeah. things get really crazy yeah in, in a sense of kind of maybe uh spaciness uh an atmosphere that you that wouldn't really be fitting for a course theme it also does have an odd meter it has some mm-hmm. meter changes which obviously winning results has that too and so i was thinking about that um but yeah some things that wouldn't fit for an actual race theme i I thought would fit for this carlos one of the suggestions he he said he's oh you got to have some sort of at some point tap into uh asterism which was (laughs) this i don't even know how to describe it this very spacey kind of synth tune that i contributed to this compilation album a long time ago uh, that carlos is a fan of and so i will say that for this tune i was actually thinking about a little bit of that nice (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on to the next course theme. This is Rush Ridge Tunnel. Uh, I'm going to read what I have for the narrative of this. As we get close to the unparalleled technological wonder of Zenith, we pass through the infamous Rush Ridge Tunnel. Just outside the city, enjoy the gorgeous mountain vistas, but beware the blinding speed of this twisting tunnel. Here we go.
So yeah, the imagery I had in mind for this was definitely futuristic uh, tubes and tunnels and dangerous roads that you could fall off and, and kill yourself. A lot of futuristic racers like F-Zero or like Extreme G have those kinds of courses where you're on these kind of crazy looping tunnels. And so uh, that was definitely what I was thinking uh, when I came up with this. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And this was, I think, one of the earlier tracks that you sent me where you were talking. We had been talking about drum and bass a little bit. And yes. I love that you kind of used that influence to actually like, I'm going to, I'm I'm really going to drum but it's going to be the energy of like a drum and bass kind of Yeah, that's I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I was about yeah. I was going to forget that. So yeah, uh drum and bass is something that I've loved for for a long time. Um my good friend Elliot actually introduced me to a lot of great uh drum and bass artists a long time ago, but it was something I thought about including but I still again, I wanted it to feel unique and feel like downforce. And so the style of my drumming is definitely drum and bass, but the overall piece of music I don't think you could call it that. It has that sense of energy and tempo, but oh, it, it's truly something else, too, and maybe a fusion of a lot of different things. I did use the same sense of uh, that kind of drum and bass tempo and energy with the next mm-hmm. tune, and so I thought both of them having that tempo and that energy would make them feel like, okay, Zenith is a really exciting place, and, and Rush Ridge is on your way to Zenith, uh, at least what I was thinking. This is the second tune of the album to feature a solo um, by my friend Andrew, so you guys heard that. Oh, uh, okay. awesome. Let's move on uh, to another really exciting tune for me on this project. This is the last tune you guys are going to hear my friend Aaron featured on tenor sax, and this is truly a feature for him. Um, it, it has just a kind of a, a tenor sax lead on this, um, and this is Zenith Centrum. Um, and it's basically Centrum, you know, meaning being like the center. So imagine like the city center of Zenith uh, downtown. And so I wanted it to be futuristic and exciting, but also have some sort of sense of classiness, maybe slight cheesiness. Um, You know, it's the city center, so there's also a sense of history. Um, I didn't want it to be frantic. I wanted it to, yeah, a mix of futuristic, but also classy, I guess. And and hopefully that was what I was going to get with Aaron. And man, did I ever get that. He nailed this one. So please enjoy Zenith Centrum.
yeah, so Aaron, um, that was Xena Centrum, by the way, guys. Uh, Aaron sent, I think, three or four different takes uh, of this one, and the actual head, which we would call in jazz, or the, the melody, we could say, uh, oh. was, was, was very, very consistent across the board, um, but the solos were all completely different. And so the moments that I wrote in, you know, improvised solo, every single take was different, and it was such a joy to go through those solos uh, it was pretty pretty tough changes. I mentioned this on Twitter this past week. Uh, this was a tune that I wanted to convey some of the really exciting, freely moving slash chords and extended chords that a lot of great racing music has. Uh, and so I came up with that progression that I felt really happy with, but soloing over that progression is incredibly difficult. And Aaron oh. um, emailed me after he sent it uh, He sent it to me. He was like, I was really glad I finally was able to, you know, solve the puzzle, so to speak, of soloing over this progression. And it wasn't an easy thing, but man, he, he makes it sound easy. He makes it sound effortless. That <laughs> dude, I said it before, but he's so smooth. It just sounds yeah. perfect. And, 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 and what was so cool is, is I knew that Aaron has the chops and has so much great tone that I, I really told him to go for it. I was like, make it as smooth as possible. Like it can't be cheesy enough, like syrupy eighties. Like you're listening mm-hmm. to like jeopardy or something like just really go for that smooth sound. Uh, <laughs> and I'm really, really glad he did. Yeah, uh, or even, I, I, should, I should say more like at the end of SNL or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And even just the, the beginning of the track, that like little, um, synthy like lead into the track mm-hmm. itself. I, mm-hmm. I get, I think I messaged you. I get like a, 70s electronic music like vibe out of that and leading it into this you know futuristic city that we're kind of it's this seems like it's we're exploring this place it doesn't seem like i mean there definitely can be a race going on but i think that the track it's more of just exploring it and looking and look wow this is a cool city yeah that's how i feel too and like so maybe he lost this race i mean ryan maybe he didn't win this particular race but maybe he didn't really care because renard is from zenith and so maybe he was like i'm just gonna enjoy this cool city i like that that's awesome that's what it is it's our idea we made it happen right now (laughs) we decided that (laughs) all right let's move on to another character theme this is renard wilde's theme so renard wilde is your rival in the world of downforce um i the first thing i'll admit the first thing i thought about was uh when thinking oh who would this rival be i thought he might be french um i'm not saying he is (laughs) uh the 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 name renard sounds kind of french but i thought he definitely at the very least would be very different than ryan i thought he would sound different he would look different he would talk different he would act different um he's a character who has a lot of sense of humor a lot of confidence clearly he is either he comes from money comes from uh his parents come from money somehow he has he has a lot of money to buy really really expensive futuristic cars and race with them he's always taunting and teasing ryan uh, when we came up with the name of, of Ryan Silver, I thought it would be cool if at some point uh, Renard would say, uh, oh, yeah, today, Ryan, you're definitely going to live up to your name, Silver. <laughs> I um, love that. So what I was picturing is something, I mean, the personality, definitely similar to that. Visually, um, I actually, as of this moment, I haven't drawn him yet, but in my mm-hmm. head, I've got like kind of a dark haired, short, spiky hairstyle, and um, mm. he's kind of... I think I think he dressed like for the race more professionally than Ryan, yeah. you know, because he's like got the money to do it. So I pictured right. him with like maybe sponsors all over his uh, jumpsuit and um, sure, 
kind of this glare in his eye, but a smirk at the same time. I love that. Well, yeah, yeah. and there's always time, and you know, no pressure. But if you do want to uh, sketch him, maybe for the individual uh, YouTube video for that track down the road, maybe we can we can include that there. Yeah, I still want to do um, more. Uh, you know, I still have some ideas in my head, and it's. I mean, this is so much fun. I, why would I want to stop? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let's take a listen to Renard Wilde's theme. So yeah, obviously this is a character, uh, when I first send it to Carlos, he's like, oh yeah, th- this is a guy who's definitely up to something. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a jerk. He's a jerk, <laughs> yeah. Um, he has some swag, which you can hear from kind of the funkiness of this of this tune. Um, yeah, this was one that I had a good time with. It, it was one of the easier ones, I will say, for the album. It didn't take me very long. Um, I kind of knew the character in my head. I knew what I wanted this to convey. Um the thing that took the longest was just uh, I didn't want it to go too far in any direction. I didn't want it to be too scary. I didn't want it to be too funky. I didn't want it to be really anything. It's so so there's definitely uh, a sense of playing things, you know, chill mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with this tune. So it doesn't really maybe go too far in any direction. Which I think yeah, I picture like his encounters with our hero being uh, – almost like passive aggressive but a little more leaning on the aggressive side of things yeah i love that i totally hear that in the music Mm -hmm. well let's move on to uh, a very rocking track this is molten mile this was an idea that carlos came up with pretty early on when we were coming up with ideas for the album in the in the in this game i guess this world uh originally guys it was going to be a little bit more ambitious as far as the scope. Uh, we were thinking, should this go to another planet? Should there be some sort of space mm-hmm. interstellar quality to this game? And so while we were still thinking about that, one of the ideas Carlos came up with was, what if there was a course that was like this molten lava course where you're racing around this volcano? And so we did go with that. But at the end of the day, Downforce just takes place on one world, one, I guess, fictional country, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like this magical continent that has a little <laughs> bit of everything. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Let's take a listen to Molten Mile.
You guys may have heard it on this tune, Molten Mile, but this was one that I had fun trying some new sounds out, some new tones out. One of the things that I tried actually for the first time ever for me personally was playing slide guitar um, for the lead on this. And what I wanted that to convey, and and hopefully it does, is the sense of heat, uh, the sense of danger, because with the slide... Uh, when you're playing it on the guitar, you can freely, you know, obviously slide it or slide the pitch around. And so the pitch is a little more free and there's a country connotation we get uh, from it. And so I thought it would it would help to convey the sense of heat um, with this tune. And I just had a really good time making it. I had so much fun listening to this for the first time because you hit that <laughs> Arabic stuff right there. And I was like, yeah. oh, snap. <laughs> you know, actually thinking about this right I think, yeah, Joanna actually came up with the title Molten Mile because we yeah. were spitballing ideas she back did. and forth. So yep. my wife was Shout her out. own little part of this album, too. Shout out to Joanna. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very helpful. That was a great title. And yeah, this was one of the ones that you were really charged up when I sent it to you. And, and that got me really excited. I mean, your reaction was, was something that helped to propel me because there were times... As you might expect, you know, in the past three and a half months where I was feeling really down about the world and about everything and this crazy time we're living in. And so, first of all, having this project, but also having someone that I can show it to and that was excited and charged up really, really helped a lot. Oh, for sure. Us going back and forth with this and uh, just, you know, having these fun ideas and just the excitement of coming up with more ideas and hearing the fruit of that just was so so exciting we're you know we're done with this now and we're we're experiencing the excitement of sharing it with everybody but there's also yeah. this kind of like sadness was like oh man yeah. like it's over now but it's still Absolutely. super fun and i again i can't i can't wait for people to enjoy this album absolutely me as well let's move on so justine returns and so this is reunion with justine i'll just read the setup to this After hearing you race the infamous Molten Mile and survived, Justine decides to fly out and see you before you do something even more stupid. But once she sees you, she remembers how much she loves your spirit and all that comes with it. So I wanted this theme to be definitely romantic and sexy because, you know, Justine's coming out and you're seeing her, you miss her. You're so glad that she came out to support you for the end of this Grand Prix. She's also not necessarily thrilled that you're still continuing with it. She knows it's dangerous, but she knows that, you know, this is who you are and she loves you for who you are. So with that in mind, this is Reunion with Justine.
So if you guys remember the theme of Justine, I definitely hearkened to that with this. It starts out, it's it's the same melody, but what happens is because the chord progression is completely different, um, I had to alter the notes of the melody. So it's imagine you have a skeleton, and then in order to make it, uh, you know, mold into something different, you have to move certain bones here and there and kind of reshape it. So that was kind of how I approached uh, this reunion track. It was really fun to hear kind of like, yeah, the nod. It, it, an Easter egg in its own way to a yeah. track from the album already. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, that sets up perfectly the next course, which is probably the most ambitious uh, idea we had and something that was just daunting and just looming for me this whole project. This is Arctic <laughs> Mountain Meltdown. And I got again, shout out to Carlos. This was another one of his ideas. So Carlos, why don't you give the elevator pitch for what this idea was? So yeah, I had an idea where um, I, I don't know I play a lot of race. I, I mean, I've played a lot of racing games in my time, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen this where. So my idea is basically you're in the middle of a race, but then something really catastrophic happens, yeah. like a you know a natural disaster, like a force of nature, yeah, earthquake or something. But so we had this idea because we were also coming up with different locales, and you know we have this volcano style. Uh, track and I was like okay what about like an Antarctica style icy track but then what we did is we combined those ideas and made it so that you're racing through kind of like a frozen peak and Mm -hmm. then you've got this almost like cataclysmic like global warming situation or or meltdown yeah yeah, ice caps melt or something yeah so I thought Carl what if you've made people you know realize that in the middle of the track so right um i just was like all right you do it <laughs> and then so, you did it <laughs> with that in mind let's take a listen to arctic mountain meltdown <laughs>
There you go. I'm sure you guys heard that moment when <laughs> when everything <laughs> went to SHIT there. Uh, so yeah, imagine that all of a sudden this whole mountain is crumbling and you have to. T- everyone has to turn around and now escape for their lives. Uh, to get out of the mountain and so yeah the music completely changes it's basically two tracks in one which was obviously one of the challenging things about it um how they transitioned and how jarring i wanted that moment to be not too jarring but just jarring enough and and what the different ideas were um another fun thing about this track is i promised carlos that uh i can't remember we were talking about it at some point in some way and he was saying oh how much he loves that harmonized guitar sound yeah i'm i've um, mentioned it many times before but harmonized yeah. guitars damn that's like your weakness right it's, it's like so his good. kryptonite and and i was like all right carlos i promise that at one point at least on this album i will give you that and this was one of the last tracks i worked on and i was like you know this is actually is a good time that second part of this would be a good time to do that. And so um, I, you know, was true to my word and gave him that harmonized guitar. And it was really fun to compose that and to perform that. It took a long time, but um, that, that was for you, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I also really love like the, the drum tempo when everything gets really crazy. Pushing yeah. you. I picture, you know, Ryan and Renard making their way down the mountain with, you know, an avalanche behind them. Yes. And that drum that tempo pushing them their way through well okay so i'm glad you brought that up because it was actually really it was a hard series of puzzle pieces to put this together because my first instinct was okay once that avalanche happens the tempo i want to be dude cat i want to be really fast right yeah but the problem is that i knew that the next track i'll just say guys the next track is called red line and it's the last track it's the last race track on the album and that was already finished that was actually the third or fourth track finished for the album was actually finished very early um and so i already knew what that tempo was and so it couldn't be faster than that because Mm -hmm. otherwise then that wouldn't feel as exciting and so it was the fastest i could get um (laughs) while still not being faster than redline but one way that i was able to make it extra exciting is with the if you guys know the song everlong by the foo fighters yeah I did that beat on the drums here for that second oh. section is has a 32nd note hi-hat pattern. Awesome. So that was a way to give it a little more excitement. So, well, One we, of my we mentioned favorite a, music videos too. Me too. Michelle Gondry <laughs> directed it. Yeah, it's Fun great. fact. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's move on to uh, that track we're talking about, Red Line. This is the final race course. All the other racers have been, their cars have been totaled. It's oh, just yeah. a showdown now um <laughs> between you and renard i um yeah I, I like that you mentioned that because that was like such a cool idea when you were uh i think it, you were writing those uh, little blurbs for each track yeah and it's something that i didn't really think of but this race turns into like this elimination scenario mm-hmm. where it's like it's so hectic and dangerous that racers are actually getting taken out so yeah <laughs> um, for the artwork um that i did it's like a four panel sequence i wanted to represent that where um uh ryan and renard are racing on top of the mountain there's a car behind them volcano erupts yeah. and that car gets blasted and i had yeah. so much fun drawing that and it, it actually gives me um like speed racer vibes from like the old Absolutely. speed racer cartoons I, I you'd see like a that car especially when you see the close-up of his eye too yeah yeah totally yeah you'd that's see, such like, a cool a car comic explode. 
So check out, guys, either that YouTube video or check out the, the PDF booklet. Um, eventually, I'll put individual YouTube videos up. And so when I do that Molten Mile, uh, that'll be there, too. So, ch- so check that out. It's a great comic that, that Carlos made. Um, Thanks, so, yeah, Steve. let's take a listen to Redline. That's it. That is the final course. How do things end? We don't know. Did you win the whole thing? Uh, it's either down to you or Renard. One of you won. I can tell you that. Um, my <laughs> biggest uh, piece of inspiration, and maybe some of you guys might hear it, is definitely Big Blue. 
from F-Zero with this one. Um, Got a shout out to F-Zero. Yeah. And F-Zero was, was inspiring to more than just this track, but but really strongly Big Blue. Um, the, the vamp, the groove, uh, the sense of... Uh, fairly simple uh chords that move back and forth and and kind of like a shredding uh b section uh that that the synth and the guitar eventually they they harmonize which is kind of cool um this is another one the third tune that features my friend andrew on guitar solo and and i told him on this one i was like just shred man just really go <laughs> go to town um so he does a lot of tapping and and, and, and some he definitely shreds on this one he had a good time with this one so so yeah that is the last race and I'll just tell you that you did win, Ryan. Spoilers. Comes out ahead. Yeah, <laughs> he comes out ahead. I'll go ahead and set up the last track in the album. It's called A Force to Be Reckoned With. You did it. You won the Grand Prix. Renard was so mad he didn't even stick around for his silver cup. Good riddance. Now <laughs> it's time for a long and much slower drive home with Justine right next to you. Turn the radio up. Uh, so this is the ending theme of Downforce. Uh, it was the last track that I made, fittingly enough. I wanted to call back to previous themes uh, from the album. I also wanted to have original material. And I realized that there was one specific element that I didn't tap into yet, and I wanted <laughs> to on the album. And I was like, hey, this is the time to do it. Um, there's a lot of Takanobu Mitsuyoshi uh, influence and inspiration on this project clearly but mm-hmm. one thing that I thought would be fun to to kind of nod to is his classic singing right his classic vocals in the racing games that he worked on and so this track actually features Will none other than Will Brueggemann on vocals uh, doing his kind of uh, impression in a way uh, his 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 nod to Mitsuyoshi. Uh, and so and it was my idea to actually have him sing Downforce, literally as if you're, you know, seeing that title as you just beat the game. So that was my idea. So we're going to end the episode playing this for you guys. Uh, Carlos, is there anything uh, first you want to say to set this track up? Um, I had a dream that I shared with you where I was actually looking at the, like the final track titles for mm-hmm. Like it, it, in my in my dream, it was like I was looking at it on iTunes or something, right. and it actually had Emma Will's girlfriend listed as a vocalist on the album. <laughs> and this uh, this was weeks before this. That's and crazy. I was like, Carl, I had this dream. Like, are you planning on like doing a song in this album? And you didn't say <laughs> anything, but then you were like brought out. Like, you messaged me like, Hey man, I got a surprise for you and somebody's singing on it and i don't want to tell you and, <laughs> and i was you like probably were like oh my I was god like, oh my god it's happening well but it's then close when enough I heard it, and it was will and yeah. what it was i died it was so funny <laughs> yeah but it's... also i mean it's 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 just like in daytona usa at least for me i think it's at the same time absurd but i also mm-hmm. love it so much yeah like, that was when it comes I to hoped, a lot of stuff that i like is i like hope that. for that reaction <laughs> yeah it, it's perfect and he nailed it and actually the 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 melody that he does is actually really catchy too but i would catch myself 
Oh, thank um, you. You know, <laughs> like hearing it. And so obviously, this... yeah. So obviously, that melody I composed and I and, and I recorded it with M O eight on synth choir. Ha ho ha ha! Just like playing the individual notes, and that's what oh, I sent I want to Will. That. <laughs> uh, that's what I sent to Will, and then he he laid that that down. So. Well, that's about it, guys. We had such a great time exploring and kind of giving you a behind-the-scenes look into this album. If you enjoy it, head on over to our band camp, and and you can pick it up there. And if you want to experience a little more immersion, you can watch the entire YouTube video, which has some beautiful art, some of those uh, fun narratives. Uh, So I think that's about it. We should probably get out of people's hair. Yeah, this has been a blast. Thank you, everyone, for enjoying the album and checking it out. And if you really like it, tell your friends because I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud of the music that you made for this album, too, Carl. And it's been a, it's been so much fun. And I, I guess I can't wait to do it again. But I want to yeah. break because that artwork <laughs> took a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have been working almost nonstop since March yeah uh, on this and so definitely ready for a break but this was so much fun i look forward to the next time we collab yeah all right take a listen to a force to be reckoned with talk to you guys later